Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Uh, Of course, to you guys. But you know, this is such a unique day. I love talking about Father's Day because it's a day when we are able to celebrate men. Whether they're dads, granddads, whether they are uncles, and especially if they're mentors. Being a dad falls into a lot of categories, and I want to just say happy Father's Day to all the men, however that you serve, and however it is that God is using you to impact the life of someone that God wants you to influence. And it's the perfect day to talk about Elijah again. Now, you knew it, right? You knew we were going to talk about Elijah and this series has, has really been incredible because we've been walking through the life of a man of God who was just as human as you and me. Think about the steps that Elijah has taken. We, we started in a critical moment in Elijah's life when he was confronted by King Ahab, the most evil king in Israel's history. And because God wanted to get the attention of a nation, God withdrew through the prophet, God withdrew rain and dew. Now Ahab was married to Jezebel, the evil queen, and once the rain stopped falling, Ahab and Jezebel wanted to kill Elijah. In the beginning, all they wanted to do was find him, but he had gone to Sidon, and it was a Gentile community. Actually, it was Jezebel's home turf. And there, he helped a widow, and literally, she took care of him. But what an incredible miracle when Elijah raised her son back to life. That sets the stage for Mount Carmel. And on Mount Carmel, Elijah called volcanic fire down from heaven. And a nation began to turn back to God. But Ahab and Jezebel were still angry, especially the evil queen. Now what did Elijah do? He climbed up higher on Mount Carmel and he got into the presence of God. Then after three and a half years, it began to rain. But when all of that began to take place and God began to work in his life, believe it or not, and we discovered this last week, Elijah became afraid. Don't don't miss this. Don't overlook this. That beyond a shadow of a doubt, fear will always be a rival to faith. Even when miracles are on the move, our fears can overwhelm us. And that's why it's important for us to realize this morning that God wasn't done with Elijah and he's not done with you and me as well. So today, maybe this is one of the most critical moments in Elijah's life. 
because we're literally going to understand, we're going to discover that God is speaking. God is speaking to each of us whether we recognize that it's the voice of God or not. In fact, I think this is such a relevant <laughs> message because it's especially timely, I think, for men. Regardless of how God has chosen you to love a child, it doesn't matter, as I've already said, you might be a, a dad, a granddad, you might be a foster parent, you might be a single dad, you, you might be just a friend that is mentoring someone younger than you. You're making a difference. You're impacting someone's child. I love what James Dobson says. Dr. Dobson wrote, children are not casual guests in our home. They have been loaned to us temporarily for the purpose of loving them and instilling a foundation of values on which their future will be built. More than ever, God is looking for influencers to hear his voice and share the life-giving wisdom that can only come from God, not only to one another, but especially to our children. And that's why, as we're going through the message today, I want you to think, all of us, but especially men, I want you to think about how Elijah needed to learn how to listen to the voice of God. Now, you're, you're probably like me. You're thinking, wow, he's already had epic miracles. He's already heard the voice of God. Why do we need to really think about how God is speaking to Elijah right now? Because you and I will all go through seasons in life that are difficult, when we're afraid, when we feel alone. And that's where we find Elijah today. And I, I, I want to call out three ingredients. Let's call them a recipe for hearing God's voice. And I want to call out three ingredients that we all need to hear God's voice. And I especially want to say this. If you want to hear God's voice, God definitely wants to speak to you. But if you found your way to this message today, and you're actually struggling to believe whether God wants to speak to you, I want you to, to really be encouraged this morning. Because even if you don't know if God is real, if you'll listen to these three ingredients, and again, men, you are crucial in the lives of the people that love you. If we will lean in and learn how to listen to God's voice through the prophet Elijah, lives are going to change, especially ours. So let me give you the first ingredient. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 10. Then he, now we're talking about Elijah, then Elijah went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. Here's the first ingredient. Hearing God speak begins with honesty. Hearing God speak begins with honesty. You already know this, come on. Only you and I can be honest with God for ourselves. This is, if we were to just listen to this verse, this verse sounds so negative by itself, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. 
God called Elijah to Mount Horeb, also known as Sinai, or the mountain of God. He leads him to a cave, and my mind has been just working through this again and again. I wonder if it's the same cleft of the rock that God put Moses after he received the Ten Commandments, and then as God walked away from Moses, Moses could see God's back. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. That's not quite the, the same thing going on with Elijah. Moses is excited to hear God speak, not Elijah. Don't forget this. Elijah has done a 40-day trek, 40 days and nights. He left a desert wasteland that he had run to out of fear. And God, God calls Elijah to the mountain. It's kind of like getting called to the principal's office. But God wants to speak to Elijah because God isn't done with Elijah yet. And then God asks one question. Elijah, what are you doing here? Now, come on. Come on, God. Can't we get more creative? I mean, that's the question. Elijah, what are you doing here? Have you ever wondered why you're here on earth? Have you ever wondered what your purpose is? If you have, you're not the first person to ask the question about your existence. In fact, I was thinking about this because when I went to college, I knew that God had called me to, to ministry full-time at the age of 16. That's its own wild story. But by the time I became a senior uh, in high school, I was questioning God's call in my life and then when I became a freshman in college, I decided that I could serve God, not the way he wanted me to serve him, but I thought maybe becoming an attorney would be the way to go. God let me play with that thought for a couple of years, but I had still been called to ministry. God had a purpose on my life. And by the way, that's how I've ended up here today preaching. God wants to remind you, he wants to remind me, but God reminded Elijah that God had a purpose for his life, and he has one for yours, your life, and for my life. I think if I'd have been Elijah, even though I knew that God had called me with a purpose, and I didn't realize what it would be, I might have been sarcastic if I'd have been Elijah. When God called out and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? First, I want to go, was that just an impression that Elijah had on his mind? Or did God literally in this booming God voice say, Elijah, what are you doing here? I would have been sarcastic and it's like, seriously, God, you're the one that told me to go 40 days and 40 nights. If you're confused, how do you think I feel? Um, Elijah was smarter than me. The prophet answers the question, but he does something that you and I do. He deflects. Think about it. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The word zealous is actually translated jealous for God. Here's what, here's what Elijah was saying. I've been your passionate protector, God. That's how I got here. I've done all this great stuff for you. It's been epic. 
But now people want to kill me. An entire nation has been evil. And maybe you're not paying close attention, but Jezebel, the evil queen, wants to kill me. We can all make pride sound so special. It reminds me of the time I watched my youngest daughter, Mary, walk out of her bedroom with her doll stroller and her cat was in the doll stroller dressed up like a baby doll. You, you could dress that cat up like a baby doll, but it was still a cat. I don't care how you and I dress up pride. Are you ready for this? I don't care how you and I dress up pride. Pride comes in all kinds of forms, but don't forget this first insight. If we want to hear God speak, hearing God speak begins with honesty. Doesn't matter how we dress it up. We have to become humble in God's presence. And I get it. When we're afraid, hurting, and living in the pain of disappointment, it's easier to avoid having conversations that are difficult, especially with the people that we love, especially with God. It is easier to deflect and not want to have the conversations that we need to have and go on, have you ever done this? You go on like everything's just fine, even though you, even though I, even though God knows it isn't fine. I I have always been attracted to this story by Pastor Erwin McManus from Mosaic Church. I've shared it before, but it is so uh, applicable to this message today. When his son was five or six, he would start asking his dad, how do you hear God speak? You talk about it, Dad. Now, this is a six-year-old. How do you hear God speak? And he said, actually, Erwin says, I wasn't sure how to answer him then, but now fast forward to seventh grade. Don't you love middle schoolers? He went to camp. He went to church camp. And so Erwin and one of his pastors went up from this church to check on all their kids at church camp, which is a cool thing. And the minute he got there, they pulled Pastor McManus aside. And they said, we hate to tell you this, but your son has gotten into a fight. I mean, come on, he's a PK. He's a preacher's kid. He's gotten into a fight. So uh, he asked to talk to him, and his son wanted to go home. But before they left, he said, let's go take a walk in the woods. Now, Pastor Irwin's son's name is Aaron, and, and this is the conversation. Aaron, I asked, is there any voice inside you telling you what you should do? Yes, he nodded. I hear a voice in impression, Dad, telling me what to do. He said, what's the voice telling you? He said, Dad, the voice is telling me that I should work it out. I should stay and work it out. Pastor McManus said, Aaron, what, what do you want to do? He said, well, he said, Dad, I know I, I should stay. I know God is speaking, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> I just have to laugh at that, church. Because I understand that. But listen to how his dad, now don't forget, dad's, we're, we're, this is your day, we're talking together, right? Listen to how he answered his son. He said, 
you're hearing the voice of God. You need to recognize that voice. And he said, son, I know that you don't want to do what God is telling you to do. But he said, if you reject the voice of God coming deep from within your heart, and you disobey his guidance, your heart will become hard and your ears spiritually will become dull. In fact, Erwin McManus said, I knew in that moment that this was a pivotal time in my son's life because if he didn't choose to hear God speak with honesty, he may never hear God speak again. And even, even if he decided to continue to be a Christian, what kind of Christian would he really be? He might even, people might even look at him and say, he's a good man someday. But would he be an obedient man? Now, Pastor Irwin said, I'm glad to tell you, that he stayed, listened to the voice of God, and worked it out. But church, I, I have a question. Are you being honest with God lately? In fact, when was the last time you really took time to get honest with God? There have been some moments in the last week I've even struggled myself, and I want to be real about that. I've struggled myself with some things in my life and there were days, just a few days ago, I didn't even want to be honest with myself. And when I was, I was like, I don't even really want to talk to God. Have you ever been there? I just want you to know, we're all humans and God gets that. But it doesn't change this truth. This first ingredient is essential. Hearing God speak begins with honesty. And like Elijah, we must be willing to talk to God. Now, let, let's find out what happens. So the Lord has asked him a question. The Lord said, th then he responds. He says, the Lord says to him, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, let me just stop here so you're not confused. God is saying, I'm going to pass by, and I want you to go out and stand when I pass by. So how did that actually work? One of the most incredible stories in all of the Old Testament, listen to this, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, uh, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Second ingredient. Hearing God is difficult, but here's this truth. When God speaks, he's holding out hope. I need you to wrap your mind around this. 
in your most difficult moments with God. When you doubt Him, when you're struggling, when you're full of fear, when you feel like everybody and everything is out to get you. When God speaks in those intimate moments when it doesn't feel like it, God's holding out hope. Think about the events. In fact, before we actually break them down, I need you to get this in your mind. How Elijah thought God was going to speak to him was not how God chose to speak. What God has done in the past in your life is not necessarily how God is going to speak in the present. Too many times we put God in a box. And, and, and I'm, I'm concerned today for the men that I know, but I'm concerned today for adults, for, for all the people who are struggling to hear God. They want to hear God. People want to hear God. And, and, and there's this generation of millennials, I believe this, and, and Gen Zs that are coming along, they really want to hear God. But because there seems to be such a struggle to hear God, they wonder if God's really real. I'm here to say this to you. When God speaks, he's holding out hope. But let's not put him in a box. Let's stop blaming everybody else for the struggles in our lives. Let's decide to hear God speak. And, and I want to actually call this out, all right? Verses 11 through 12 are, are powerful. So let's talk. The very first thing, the strong wind. It was a hurricane force wind in the mountains. Now, picture Elijah. He's still hanging back in the cave. And this hur hurricane force gale comes. Literally, we're told that God crushed the rock around Elijah. God smote the rock. I've been waiting to say the word smote all morning. God's, the, the mighty smiter smote the rock, crushed it around Elijah. But God wasn't in the wind. Okay? Then an earthquake. The rocks are, are being shattered as the earth moves around Elijah. I, I, I picture this because of the actual Hebrew translation of the words. The rocks began to rattle and tremble. All I can do is picture Elijah holding on for dear life. But God wasn't in the earthquake. What about the fire? If anybody understood intense fire, it should be Elijah. Remember that whole volcanic thing coming from heaven? But when the fire came up all around him, God had been in the fire before, but God wasn't in the fire this time, and Elijah knew it. Then after all the sensational drama that only Hollywood would try to replicate and would fall short, God spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. God spoke to Elijah in a calm, quiet voice. Was it audible? Maybe. Was it such a powerful whisper in his heart and mind that he knew God was speaking? Perhaps. But what an unbelievable contrast between the, the way that Elijah thought God would speak 
and the way that Elijah actually heard God talk to him. God can manifest the spectacular in so many different ways. And we can never afford to tell God how we want Him to speak to us. You ever tried to demand that God speak to you? God, if you're going to speak to me right now, then, then I'm going to know you're God. When I've tried that, usually everything is silent except the rumble of a hungry stomach. When God speaks, He's speaking with hope in our greatest disappointments and difficulties God is speaking to us Tim Keller wonderful pastor writes we need a living hope to get through life and endure suffering a living hope enables us to have both sorrow and joy our living hope is an inheritance achieved for us by Christ Tim Keller knows something Elijah didn't know God's plan was to bring a savior named Jesus who would die on the cross and be resurrected from the grave. And I love saying this, Jesus is alive right now. But even though Elijah didn't know that savior, isn't it freaky? Elijah would actually be one of two, Elijah and Moses, who would talk to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. If that's a foreign story to you, Go grab Bible Gateway, go get on the internet, Google it and read it. It's amazing. But hear me in this moment. Hear me in this moment. Clearly, Elijah, in his fear and brokenness, knew that God was the only hope that was larger than his circumstances. And I want to break this down before we leave this ingredient. Please understand the dynamic first elijah heard god's voice in the meaning of the hebrew word that we translate for heard god's voice it means he not only heard it with his ears he was ready to embrace it with his heart now just stop on this father's day guys Let's talk about this for a minute. When was the last time that you knew God wanted to speak to you or God was speaking to you, but you, you heard it, but you didn't want to obey? Man, I've been there. You've been there. This is a moment where Elijah had been asked a question, what are you doing here? God didn't want to know his geographical location. He got that. God wanted to know, why are you here right now? Do you understand your purpose? But for Elijah to know that, he had to be willing to, and, and think about what he did. He, he wrapped his cloak tightly over him. How about, how about today's vernacular? He pulled his hoodie up, and he pulled it around, and he walked, he walked out. He walked out. In, out of the cave, out on, on the ledge, with his cloak wrapped around him. And his attitude was beginning to change. There's a subtle detail here I want to bring out, because I think it is one of the coolest things ever. But it's dramatic in the story. The word cloak what Elijah was wearing that he pulled tight around him in that moment 
First, it was a cloak of reverence. When he pulled it around him and he walked out, he did that because he knew he was standing in the presence of God. For every person, for every man, for every dad, for every grandfather, for every influencer, if you want to hear God speak, you and I have to get to a point where we are humble before God and reverently seeking him. We can't, in our pride, keep demanding that God speak. He doesn't have to and he doesn't want to. We need to come in, in reverence. And then what about this? The literal translation, I know I keep saying that phrase, right? The literal, the actual translation of the Hebrew for cloak is mantle. Have you ever heard the phrase, the prophet's mantle? So many people use it incorrectly. If you ever heard that or, or, or it's ever been taught to you, this is what it means. The prophet's mantle was not only a cloak that Elijah wore, but it was also literally the anointing of God. Now, the anointing of God was in Elijah's life. That's obvious. But the anointing of God was also on this mantle, this cloak of God. Now, put it together. In reverence, Elijah walks out to answer the same question for a second time. What are you doing here? He wraps himself in the mantle, the cloak of God. What is he saying? In reverence, Elijah pulls his hoodie over him. And it's not only a symbol of humility, it is this, the, the, the reverence and gratitude of giving God's power as a gift back to him. Elijah went to the mountain of God broken, fearful, and full of pride. God did his little display. You, you, God, I think God was looking at Elijah. If, if you think fire's cool, what a, an earthquake and wind, I'll, I'll give you an understanding of why you should be afraid, but it isn't because of Jezebel. All of us need to stop being so afraid of all of our circumstances and realize we need a reverent fear of God. Come to him in humility with, are you ready for this? Gratitude for all that we have. God wants us to give it back to him. In fact, you might be thinking, well, Pastor Drew, he answers God in the same way. I get it. Some scholars actually say Elijah was slow to learn his lesson. I don't believe it at all. Here's what I think. I think his tone has changed. I think his attitude is changing. And this time, he's not prideful when he says, well, God, do you know? No, 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 no. I think this time he's humbly offering back to God, wrapped in this mantle of power and God's anointing grace. He offers it back to God and he says, hey, God, I'm here because Jezebel wants to kill me. I don't know what to do with my life. I am afraid. All the other prophets are gone. And I'm alone. Wow. 
Have you ever felt deep aloneness? Don't forget that when God speaks in our deepest aloneness, he's holding out hope. But you and I aren't going to hear God as long as we come to him prideful, boastful, ungrateful, and we don't recognize who he is. In fact, can I just encourage you, stop wondering if there is a God and get into the presence of the God who wants to speak to you. Then you'll begin to hear God speak. And, and you know what? God told Elijah this. And by the way, remember it's a gentle whisper. And by the way, there's 7,000 people still committed to me that you don't know about. Stop thinking that you're all by yourself. Not only am I here because God and one person is enough, but there's 7,000. And God loves that number seven. Can I just say this to you? You're not alone. If you feel broken and afraid, you're not alone. God's waiting for you to walk out of your cave. Did you hear me? God's waiting for you to walk out of your fears, walk out of your shell, and bring it all to God. In fact, isn't the, that the coolest thing about God? He never told Elijah just to be quiet. He says, tell me why you're here. Tell me what's on your heart. Go ahead and vent. Tell me what's going on. But there has to come a point where we stop and listen to God speak because he's holding out hope which leads us to the third ingredient. The Lord said to him, God doesn't even argue with him. Oh man, there's, there's no big theological debate. The Lord says to him, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazal, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nisha, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat. Don't you love these names? from Abal, Moleth, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazal. Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Here's the third ingredient. When God speaks, he has a vision of your mission. When God speaks, he has a vision of your mission. Let, 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 me, let me just grab my notes here for a minute. I want to make sure historically we're accurate. Here's, here's what God said to him. Let me give you the actual details. So I put it this way. Globally, Elijah must go and anoint a Gentile king. He's the king of Damascus. And this was Israel's, the northern kingdom, this was Israel's greatest adversary. Why would God do that? God's promised them all along, if you turn away from me to evil, I'll purge the evil from you. God will use this king, and God will use his prophet to empower this king to get Israel's attention globally. What about locally? Go anoint Jehu, king of Israel. Ahab and Jezebel We've been talking about Ahab and Jezebel for weeks, right? They become a footnote. Ahab will have a moment where there's some humility, 
But Ahab will die in battle, and Jezebel will be thrown down from her window. And if you go way, way back, there was a prophecy that she would be eaten by the dogs. She was. Personally, Elijah would anoint Elisha. We get that confused, don't we? Elijah would anoint Elisha. Why, why couldn't it have been Bob anoints Tom, right? No, no. Elijah anoints Elisha as his successor. God's spiritual judgment would be made known through Elisha. I need to stop here for just a minute. There are plans God has put into place through you that won't be completed by you. Because God's vision of your mission should always have a legacy of other people. Rick Warren, enjoy reading his, his very practical stuff. He says, it's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by His purpose and for His purpose. Don't miss this third ingredient. When God speaks, He has a vision of your mission. And I want to be very bold about this this morning. I think we've been through a season of sifting through COVID and cicadas. And, and God is watching a lot of people being, their, their lives being shattered by the things of this world, thinking that life is all about me. In fact, there's churches that cater to this. It's all about you. It's all about what makes you happy. God loves you. Don't miss this in the story. God loved Elijah incredibly, but God was not concerned about Elijah's feelings first and foremost. He would shore up the prophet. He would encourage him. He would take his fear and help him turn it into faith, but Elijah would not know God's vision unless he embraced his own personal mission that was far greater than his feelings on the mountain of God. If you want to be a part of a ministry in a church that believes in God's vision and mission to reach people for Christ, if you want to be a part of a ministry that's bigger than yourself, if you want to be a part of a ministry that believes in biblical teaching and application, if you want to be a part of something that's going to change the world, you should be at Bridgewater Church. Or you should at least be going to a church that isn't just asking you to sit on, on the sidelines and listen to an inspirational message. That's not what God's about. God called Elijah. He had a vision for his mission. And he said, did you get this? He said, you got to go back the way you came. Remember where you were diverted off the path and you ended up in a lonely desert under a broom bush? I'm telling you, you got to go back the way you came and you've got to embrace the rest of your ministry and stop messing around. 
Too many lives are at stake, and I have an entire vision that you won't even see until you're on the mountain of transfiguration hundreds and thousands of years later. That's you. Let me talk to dads for a minute. Moms, it's okay if you lean in. God is speaking to you right now. And there is no greater mission field than your children being in the presence of God and finding Christ as their Savior. I went back into my own archives of blessings and I found an email from Matt when he was in college. It's dated September 21, 2006. He wrote, he called me Padre back then. Padre. I discovered this amazing thing called podcast. And I've been subscribing. Don't worry, they're free. He knew his dad. I've been subscribing to a video podcast of messages from a church where, believe it or not, Erwin McManus was the pastor. He said, tonight as I listened to the message he gave, it was about life's tough questions, and he talked mostly about suffering and why God allows people to go through pain and why he would allow that to happen to us if he loves us so much. Matt went on to write, he said, and at the beginning of it, I was interested, but figured it was a typical suffering message. Can you tell he's a PK, a preacher's kid? And I thought all he would basically say is that God has a plan, and this is why he allows us to go through everything we do. But I was completely wrong. He didn't focus on the why, but what it does to God when we suffer. And as I was listening specifically to the end of it, God spoke to me. I wasn't expecting it at all, but at midnight on Thursday night, God came into my dorm room and helped me realize something that I haven't been able to understand ever since the difficult season we experienced in the life of our church. This was years ago when we were in Pennsylvania. Matt writes, God does not only have a plan for what happened and for what is to come, but more specifically, God is broken about what happened. Erwin specifically talked about when Lazarus died and how Jesus was deeply moved. And he went on to say that in our pain and suffering, Jesus is bearing our sorrows and taking on our wounds. And I don't even know why that this is just becoming clear, but it's clearer now than it's ever been. Dad, I just wanted you to know that God is working and doing amazing things. And if you're ever concerned or scared about Melissa, who was in college at the same time, my oldest, if you're concerned about me, remember that God is here and you don't have to worry. I love and miss you, Matt. I wrote back. Of course, I didn't write back till the next morning because I was asleep when I got that email. But I said, Dear Matthew, Words cannot express how blessed I feel knowing that God is speaking to you. I also cannot tell you how important it is to me that you are aware that God is watching over you and your sister. It's been difficult to let both of you go and begin this new chapter in your lives. Mom and I love you so much that our hearts ache often to be with you. Yet, we know that God has a plan for your life 
And so we can let you go and do what you must do, knowing that this is all a part of God's plan and his vision. Of course, tears had to flow when I read how you encountered God on Thursday night. This is such a precious moment, son. Don't ever forget that God loves you more than words can express. Also, never forget that God was able to speak to you because you were so open to him and to his word. He wants to bring healing to your heart. I totally agree with Erwin. God has broken over the events that have taken place, but now it's time to move on. Who would have thought then that the plan was for Matt to marry Samantha, have two beautiful girls named Emma and Lucy, and be an active part of ministry, leading worship, and loving God, and still listening to his voice. Man, I love all my kids. And I want to say this to you parents. Don't give up. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on the plan that God has. God has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. And if you've raised your kids that way, or you're striving to raise them, or if you want to begin raising them in the presence of God, just remember this. God is speaking if you're willing to listen. And you can't even begin, I can't even begin to imagine that God's vision of our mission, God has a godly partner for you. But if you've got those guys in the room, oh, and maybe you've got some young boys in the room, some teenagers who really don't want you to lay hands on them right now, do it anyway, please. And let's, let's pray. And remember this, no matter who you are, man or woman, you're not alone. God's right here. Let's pray. Father, I pray an anointing I pray a prophet's mantle anointing on everyone that's listening to my voice. Regardless of their age, regardless of their job, their calling, whatever it is, God, I pray for these men, these influencers, in whatever way you're using them to impact someone younger than them, God, as a mentor, a dad, a granddad, a foster parent, whatever it is, a friend, God, anoint them that they would want to be in the presence of God. And through being in your presence, oh God, they would have wisdom, love, and grace to share with those that need to know they're loved. And for everyone at home, help us to realize we're not alone. But you're speaking. God, speak boldly. And in humility, may we receive what you have for us. Even in those moments we're prideful and we're struggling to be honest with ourselves, God, help us to walk out of our cave and in reverence seek your face and then God, speak in a way that we know it's you. And we wait in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Hey, listen, if you're praying for that guy in your life, the one you know or the one you don't know yet, just keep praying. If you're struggling and you feel by yourself, remember there's a lot of people. We don't have 7,000 at BWC, but we're here for you. And we miss you and we love you so much. And just remember that God is ready to speak if we'll just listen. Hey, until I see you again, have a happy Father's Day and take heart and be transformed.
See you soon. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ. Thank you.